Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode with Building You. I am your host Dacia and today's episode I am uh, going to pre-warn beforehand. Um, today's episode is about child sexual abuse and I have named it Your Big Hands, My Little Body. Um, I'm actually looking forward to today's episode even though it's going to be a tough episode so take your time with it if you need to go away and and just reflect on what you've heard so far and then come back to it then please do that Um, but this episode is so important because it may have happened to you it may have happened to a friend um, and you can tell by the way they talk or just certain things that something happened Or you may have children yourself and this is a topic you've started to think about a little bit more because of what you've seen in the papers, for example. Or even if you haven't experienced it, you've gone through it. Um, It may just be a topic you're thinking about. Um, I will probably just ramble. It's not really a... This is um, an area we're going to focus on within child sexual abuse. This is just more of a just a chat really um, and then later on I may do certain areas on how child sexual abuse impacts a child um, but I thought today it would just be about child sexual abuse and it's quite general um, so yeah let's get into it um, so child sexual abuse is a tough one um, because it does impact a child for a lifetime and it does have a long-lasting impact and the reason why it's necessary to say it's a long-lasting impact is because there's no time frame to how long that's going to impact a child impact the child through ch- adulthood and if it ever goes away because through their life they make sp- they may have been able to process it and find a way to sit with it and to move forward with their life but there may be triggers in their life that brings it back up. For example, that um, a mother may be, a woman may become pregnant, and motherhood may trigger it. Um, someone becomes a grandparent, or something happens on a night out, or you get approached at work in a hostile way, and you can see there's ill intentions behind it, um, and it triggers that person back into that experience they went through as a child. It can also be, um, they may have some pain somewhere and it's not not until they go and get checked that the doctor or a dentist or a professional says, did anything happen in your childhood? And it brings it all back. Um, So there can be many ways it can be brought back up to the service It's always there, but some things just bring it up and it's like right in your face. And it's not just the physical. um, And the reason why I call it your big hands, my little body is because that body was violated. And um, I've put your big hands touch my body, your eyes touch my body, your presence touch me. Um, Because what I mean by that is the person that was... um, abusing that child has touched them in so many different ways that a child may not know until they go away and process it and as well that person isn't thinking about the impact whatsoever but they 
touch that person in many different ways. Um, and a child misses out on so much. So if you have experienced child sexual abuse, what have you, what did you miss out on? And there can be so many different things. It could be the quality of sleep, um, because it may have been happening at night time. So you never got anyone to tuck you in because you lived in a hostile environment growing up. Or it may have been the fear of after being tucked in, someone's going to come in your room. So the daytime is safe, but the nighttime's not safe. It may be you weren't allowed friends over because they wanted to exert that control. Or you may not have brought friends over to protect them. Um, you lost out on being a child and what it meant being a child. You lost the innocence and once that light goes out, it doesn't come back. Um, you missed out on a safe home, a safe person. You missed out on trusting people as well. Um, because you were betrayed by that person because it is typically someone you know a child can experience it from someone they don't know as well but the statistics show that it's more likely to be someone that you know um, you may miss out on a relationship with your siblings because it changed the dynamic um, you may miss out on play and what that meant for you um and, he, and that person that's abusing that child is being instantly gratified with the control, the dominance. But a child is helpless. Their life's unpredictable because they're anticipating for what's next from this person. They don't have any tools to cope, so they'll choose their own way to cope. Um, and they definitely don't have the tools to make it stop. Um, it's a bit like a private religion. They have to live the way that if it's an ongoing abuse that person's telling them and their childhood has essentially become a war center because they have to check out and they're empty because they have to disassociate in order to be able to not get through it and you've probably heard about the fight and flight system and in order for a child to be able to even if it's a different situation but a threat system a child may have had to freeze and fawn to get through that system so fawn is where you please that person so you may have played along with them told them that they're nice um, told them you wanted them to do it more or when is it going to be the next time just to keep yourself safe and it can be very confusing because someone would say but you're asking for it but you're not you are trying to survive that situation and you are doing everything you can in that moment to get through that situation so you can get out. And as a child, your situations are limited. You can't just get out and get on the plane and go live somewhere else or find a new area to live in or find a new home or go into um, a refuge, for example. You have to live that life until um, you're old enough to get out yourself or it may even stop when you get older because um, for some perpetrators they f lose interest when um, puberty hits because you haven't got child body anymore so there can be different reasons why it stops um, so I hate like I 
so I hate when people say why didn't you speak up why didn't you fight back why didn't you say no or what was she wearing or he's a boy so was he not manly enough to um, fight back but a child was in freeze mode because they haven't got many options and I explain freeze mode as it's like taking a breath and not being able to exhale and you have to do whatever necessary because your life is at stake and I don't think people realise the threat a child is in not only by the actions of this person but are they going to get out of are they going to be able to get out of this alive um, and for a perpetrator for them it's all about power control dominance and they find some sort of pleasure within um, within it um, and the statistics show that it's usually somebody you know and even if it's not it's still your worst nightmare and the, the importance of freeze and um, what I want you to take away is even though you've frozen the moment or someone you know or your child has frozen they may still be in freeze mode because they their body may not know how to get out of that nightmare so when people say oh but it happened five years ago ten years ago but that happened 30 years ago their body may still be living that um, and going through that torture of what it was like to be helpless and also what it was like to be violated um, and when it comes to fauna as well a child may have been able to see that person's brokenness and develop empathy for them and develop a tunnel vision and use words to make them feel loved and make them feel wanted and I say tunnel vision because they can't, they can only see them, but they can't see themselves. And they're used to it because the perpetrator can't see them either. They just see what they want and not what the child needs. Um, and as a parent or a friend, um, if someone shares with you their experience you can often be felt to feel helpless like how can I be there as a mum a dad a friend and um, a pastor but all you need to ask them is what do you need because they never got that as a child what do you need from me right now uh, what would help and they may not know and that's okay they may need time to think about that and that's also okay um, and often and a child being abused will not tell anyone because they're scared of who may be harmed because the perpetrator may have said um, your mum won't be very happy and as a child your mum your mum or dad's feelings mean everything to you because they are your world and they have they are your regulation um, they may be scared of the consequences for the perpetrator or themselves as well of will I get in trouble because often they're made to feel like it's their fault and they chose this when they clearly didn't um, and we often talk talk about speaking up and sharing 
but when someone has been abused if it is yourself as well telling yourself can be the next big thing it doesn't have to be sharing it with a therapist or sharing with a friend friend sorry um you can just say to yourself something bad happened to me and i'm not okay because if you're honest with yourself how does that shift things and you don't have to explain the details to yourself or go back down memory lane and figure out how did this start how did this end what happened in the middle but just acknowledging something happened something bad happened to me and i'm not okay um and it impacts a child's truth and what is true and who am i and not in a philosophical way but in a who is me with the skills and the qualities and am i good enough um am i worthy enough because all, that's all stripped away and all they know is survival how to get through something um and what does what does my body mean to me and how do i identify with my body because there's a dis you have to disconnect to survive being violated for your body to be violated so what does reconnection and identifying with your body looks like um and it's a tough one because it's a very taboo topic and especially if a sibling um abused you or a parent or a grandparent there's this thing in the society that what's in the family stays and what happened in the family stays in the family so you then it becomes about you feeling like the dirty secret again and not being able to share but you can share your story because someone wants to hear it um, and as well you are not just because for someone else but you also get to hear your own story and what that looks like for you and how that impacts your life um, because even though I did mention about someone gets to hear it that then goes back to pleasing someone else in some sort of way so saying to yourself I may not see my worthiness I may not feel like enough I may feel all alone but I am allowed to know what happened to me because not everyone remembers it's not until you start talking about it in therapy for example and you go away and you start getting flashbacks um or s something is said by the therapist and it tr triggers something or you go or because you're in that process of unpacking your childhood that you're in a place to say it's safe enough to explore what happened and you may not always remember exactly what happened and that's okay um it's for you to be able to explore how you felt and how your body feels now because of what happened um and this can be a tough one as well because people don't talk about it but child sexual abuse can lead to lead to pregnancy and this can be very tough because you hear in society a child can't have a child that child is a mother regardless of their age and i say that because their body is going through a process of carrying a child bearing a child and they have to go through that decision of do i keep this child or do i have an abortion 
because even though they are a child their body is carrying a child and doesn't say this body is a child let me not have let me not give them the morning sickness or um the aches and pains and changing of the hips for example that body is going through a change because it's bearing a child um so even though it is a child becoming a mother how do we see that child and how do we see that child as a mother because they still have a decision to make so how can we be there for that child and whether they choose to to terminate that child the pregnancy or to keep the child the the process they're going through because of the changes may trigger trigger body responses um, so it's so important for them to have a doctor or a midwife that they trust and I, and I say this by going off the person's energy how does that midwife make you feel or that doctor because their hands are going to touch you their hands are going to touch your belly and check the positioning of the baby or touch when they do um, uh, what's it called pregnancy scans or to check your heartbeat and things like that they're going to touch you and their energy is going to cross so if they're already judging you before they touch you to check everything's okay you can say no you can say no to you and ask for someone who's going to be your guide almost and see you see you as a child and see you as a mother at the same time um and this can be another form of abuse for some children as well because not only have they been abused um sexually abused some professionals then go on to abuse them verbally uh, their body language can show that they don't agree with it so the child's just piling up with different traumas um and different types of abuse um I keep saying um today because <laughs> I really should have probably done a, a focused area rather than just doing a general because my brain works better in areas rather than speaking generally because I just go here there and everywhere um yeah so it's very important for a child to be taught after experiencing sexual abuse is um your gut instinct um because a child was portrayed usually by obviously by the person that sexually abused them but also it may be their parents knew or if it was siblings the other sibling knew or grandparents knew and let it happen what upstairs or downstairs or at dinner table there would be a brush of the leg something of the energy so you could tell there was something going on um and as well it can also be the betrayal from the from people that didn't know but once they know it's their response of well why did you let it happen or why did you steal my partner for example or i always knew you liked 
your dad in that kind of way since you were born because you looked at him first for example um so th there's a lot of betrayal that goes on after sexual abuse and it's not always just from the person that's um abused that child sexually um so yeah i think i'm just looking at my notes so yeah i'll finish with how to um start the journey on how do I process what happened to me or how do I start to process that I know something happened to me but I don't know how to put the words to it um I feel a bit jumbly today here there everywhere so I do apologize I should have done this a little bit different uh, but I'll still publish it anyway because this is a learning curve um so talking about it and being okay with you may not remember what happened to you and that's okay but being able to process it even though you're not remembering exactly what happened you're starting the journey of how do I process that something happened to me and it's impacting every part of my life right now um, and being able to look at what does your body tell you and what do, what do you think of yourself and a good way to be able to talk about it not just in therapy but could actually be by volunteering in um for example in women's aid or sexual abuse centers things like that because seeing other people hearing other people's stories may help you realize that you are not alone and this has happened to other people and this is how they are coping with it and it may have not been the healthiest way but they've been able to make a shift so they may have drank every night but now they've decided to do something else because they're now looking at the trauma it caused um and i i think being around people that have experienced it can create a sense of i am not alone and this was not okay and what happened to me was really bad because you will play it down to yourself to protect yourself but when someone looks you in the eyes and say that was really bad and not to compare it as well because that's a big thing well it was worse they had it worse no you had it worse too look at how it impacted your whole life and look at the childhood you had because of it um as well being able to move move differently because of it is by reconnecting with your body um so creating touch to be safe against so that might be creaming your feet creaming your hands saying no when you don't want hugs from your friends for example um you may have to say no to your children sometimes um and not letting certain things go so that touch wasn't okay right now um and being able to have that voice you never got as a child or you were never able to have as a child um, and looking at what did you enjoy in your childhood or enjoy watching on TV was that hiking looking at different ways that you can move your body to reconnect with your body um, as well if you have a partner um, it's making that choice do I share this with my partner or do I not and this can go both ways uh, in the sense of 
sometimes you can share with your partner to protect yourself from your partner when you know there's something up so for example I will share so they don't harm me or I will share so they consider me drawing this intimacy or I might double layer up um, with my pants or my top so they can't get to me so there's already a sense that something's not right about this person but I'm going to share it and hope in hope they, um, that they listen to me because you can tell by their actions and the way they speak to you they don't already see you um so it's a big decision to share with your partner when you're experiencing not red flags as well this time and you're experiencing something that's different and it's unfamiliar because it's loving um so yeah if you so that so yes, that's a um, a decision for you to make. Do I share this with my partner, or do I not? And even if you don't share with your partner, I am allowed to have boundaries with this person. I am allowed to have my personal space within our space. So that might be, I don't want you to put your feet on me today, or it may be, don't touch my feet during intimacy because something happened to you as a child so you don't like your feet being touched but whether you share it what happened to you or not you're allowed to have personal space within your shared space together and that is something that's going to take time because you're so used to someone just coming into your space um, communicating certain things you don't like is going to take time and it may come across as aggressive sometimes like no stop what you're doing for example because you just know what it is to fight um, and not have someone hear you but you are allowed to have relationships where someone sees you and that communication together is going to take time and in that time you may decide to share later but it is your choice what you do with what happened to you in terms of who you share with um, so yeah, I feel like that wasn't such a great podcast <laughs> today. Um, I should have really done it more area specific, area focused. Um, but I hope you were able to take something from it. I'm sorry it was a bit wishy-washy, but I shall see you on the next episode next week.